Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific stocks are trending higher this morning. Tokyo and Seoul are both up about one-third of a percent in early trade. Sydney is flat, though. Investors are keeping a close eye on U.S. jobs numbers, including a key figure due out tonight as they assess the state of the U.S. economy and what that might mean for interest rates. Joining me now to take a closer look at this and more is Sunny Hamid, Director for Wealth Management at Financial Alliance. Good morning, Sunny. Good morning, Jeff. We are going to begin this morning with real estate investment trusts. The big news in the REIT sector this morning is that Hong Kong's ESR is buying ARA asset management for more than $5 billion US dollars. The deal will create the world's third largest listed REIT manager. Some analysts say the offer price is a bit high. ESR came and shares traded down on the news in Hong Kong yesterday. Meanwhile, markets still abuzz over Keppel's takeover bid for SPH's non-media assets and what that means for SPH and Keppel REITs. Sunny, I wonder, what are your thoughts about consolidation in the REIT sectors? Well, I think the activity itself um, tells you that basically these were deals um, maybe in the pipeline that maybe got um, delayed because of COVID. Mm. Um, um, you know, as, as we see the light at the end of the tunnel, um, I think we're going to see more and more such deals come out in the open uh, because um, you know last year really wasn't a year to make any deals given the very bad visibility into the future. But uh, we're going to see more. And I think um, it's going to be, as, as you earlier mentioned, um, some deals will be to gain access to regional markets. Some deals will be to reposition themselves into growing markets like e-commerce and such. So the iEdge S-REITs is up a little more than 4% since the beginning of the year, even more since hitting lows in March and again in May. A number of REITs have reported earnings now as well. Given all this, what is your view on the sector? Um, it will be one where we could see a, a differentiation, um, a demarcation between, let's say, old economy, new teams, new economy, those, um, you know, data centers, mm. those that deal with e-commerce um, um, are, will continue to, to, to see some demand. Um, we, we've yet to see the real impact of COVID on of office occupancy. Um, so again, um, um, that will be a big question mark as to how bad that will be hit as, as, as management um, now offer employees the work from home options and such. So it's still a little bit dicey, but um, this, I think these are the two paths that it will take. You working from home, Sunny? Yes, I am. Still working. Okay. I'm in the office. <laughs> Lucky you. Now let's turn to Singapore banks. I'd like to pick your brain, Sunny, to see what you think about this sector. All three local banks reported earnings this week and the results certainly appear to be strong. DBS's second quarter profits jumped 37%. UOB and OCBC did even better with OCBC's net profits soaring 59%. Now, the companies are all paying out higher dividends as well. COVID-19 still presenting a major challenge to governments and businesses across Asia, though. Sunny, are you at all concerned about Singapore Bank's regional exposure? If you focus in on the regional exposure, then my answer is yes. Okay. Um, because what's happening around the region basically is the vaccination program isn't as, as robust as we expect. Um, that's going to cause a slow reopening of these economies. And I think as, as, as we delay that reopening, what will happen is credit quality for many companies, many loans may get hit. 
and I think it may show up in numbers going in the months ahead, in the quarters ahead. So that's really the key thing if we are focusing solely on regional exposure. And what is your overall take on the banks? Is this a good time perhaps to look at investing in the sector? Um, the fact that they are paying more dividends, I think that's really uh, to the sweetener. Um, in terms of banks with respect to, to the global economy and, and, and trade and, 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 and loans and such, that's a function of the economy. And as long as we don't see the economy normalizing back to where it was pre-COVID, and I do only expect that to happen in 2023, um, so that could be a lid on, on any further upside in price. But it's really the dividends which should drive investors in to pick it up and say, I'm holding this for the long term. Indeed. Last question about Singapore before we move on. The Straits Times Index fell a quarter percent yesterday to 31.75. For the past four months, the market really seems to be caught in a bout of sideways trading between 3,000 and 3,200. So what is it going to take for the SDI to break out of this band? It had a good run-up because there was a switch from so-called growth to value at the beginning of the year itself. Um, what has happened is that focus has now reached, reached focus back onto into onto growth, and Singapore is not really known as a, as a growth uh, centralized index or growth bias index. Um, I think what's going to happen is we're going to see some consolidation, um, some bargain hunting, but overall uh, it may suffer somewhat like last year when we saw the index lagging behind many other indices, which are a little bit more tech heavy, a little little bit more growth heavy. Mm. On to the U.S., Sunny. There are a couple of major numbers all related to the jobs market that investors are focused on. On Wednesday night, the payroll processing firm ADP reported that U.S. employers added some 330,000 new jobs in July. This morning, we've learned that new U.S. jobless claims trended lower last week in another sign that the U.S. job market is rebounding. And tonight, around 8.30 p.m. local time, the July employment report comes out. So everything that I'm reading says tonight's figures are a wild card. What are you expecting? Uh, yes, just looking at some of the um, um, surveys, it's, it's pretty wide in terms of what the analysts expect. I think it's about 400,000 to even uh, slightly over a million. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of feeling it's going to be more to the upside. Um, again, the trend, as you correctly mentioned, is suggesting it, it's, it's trending higher. It's a question of how much higher and how much stronger. So um, I think the bias will be slightly more towards the uh, upper half of the um, 800,000 probably. As investors interpret the number, it's going to be a case of good news is bad, bad news is good, uh, you know, good economic news likely to meet tighter monetary policy, which in turn could trigger a sell-off. What do you think? Yeah, exactly. I think um, it's, it's really a bit dicey because um, mm. um, if, if figures come in pretty strong, people are going to expect the tapering to come in and that may have an impact on, on markets itself. Um, so that is one of the risks to the market. Um, um, there's risk of higher rates, risk of COVID-19 variants and such. Uh, but let's see. I think the market's really still very flush with liquidity. I think that should be supported. The Dow Jones Industrial Average and S&P 500 set new records overnight. The Dow and the Nasdaq, they both rose 0.8%. Small caps did even better. The Russell 2000 jumped 1.8%. So like other investors, Sunny, you've had a chance to review the latest earnings. Lots of solid results, but often accompanied by warnings that the next quarter may be a bit slower. So what is your take on U.S. markets? Are you still bullish or is it time for a correction? 
Um, a little bit of both. I think it's time for a correction. Market does look a little bit lethargic. It's, it's inching its way into record territory, mm-hmm. um, but not enough to convince me that it's, it's going to break out strongly at this particular point. Maybe what's needed is a pullback. Right. Um, having said that, the first half has been very strong. Um, I do expect the second half to be strong, but not in the same manner as the first half. So we probably see low single-digit returns, but still in positive territory. I think uh, Goldman Sachs agrees with you on that last point. Goldman Sachs has raised its year-end target for the S&P 500 to 4,700. That would be a 7% upside. Sunny, always a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. He's Sunny Hamid, Director for Wealth Management at Financial Alliance. Let's check in on the STI 14 minutes into the trading day. It is now at 31.70. Before acting on the information on Money FM. Please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.